1: things behind the scenes, but uh, no one's given any any indication to the front office or their teammates that they plan plan to opt out.
2: That's going to be interesting. Tracking that, and I think right now it's a situation where like no one's... I'm not upset at any player that opts out. Obviously, everyone's going to have their reasons to do so. What about the NL Central in general? Uh, I was reading an article about Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo, earlier today. What about the NL Central as a whole? Are there some key players that could play a big role in this if they opt out as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you saw the, you know, that you mentioned, Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Roth. I mean, obviously, those guys all came out today. I think there's a deadline either today or tomorrow where guys do have to tell teams that they're going to opt out uh, at this point. um, So it has to be, I think, today or tomorrow. And if they don't do it by then, then they're kind of committed to the season unless something changes. uh, You know, if there's a ton of coronavirus outbreaks or something that might change things. But uh, as of now, it's. The deadlines today or tomorrow.
2: We know how ugly the negotiations got between the players' association and the league, and obviously from the time that the season, you know, that they announced that okay, we're going to have a sixty-game season, players report to sprint or not spring training, a summer camp on on July first. Um, it seems like things have died down, and a lot of optimism and excitement is officially back. How excited are you for one who covers the Reds that this is no longer a conversation about will there be a season? It's finally about looking at the roster breakdown and who's going to play where and who's going to have what role. I'm sure that's uh, a lot of excitement for you as well
1: yeah i mean it was almost just like an extended off season where you just had trouble coming up with things to write about and to talk about it was just you know you can only talk about the negotiations for so long and fans only care for so long (laughs) i think everyone just got so sick of it after a month or two um but yeah i mean it's nice to get back to it I, i think people understand if if the season was derailed because of the coronavirus if the pandemic you know got worse and they had to cancel the season that way but if money got in the way I th- you know I-, I think you would have lost a ton of fans that way
2: do you see i mean again lots of optimism right now but uh, i mean is there a, a doomsday scenario that you know this virus can just obviously you know decimate the the regular season is there any concern for you at all that once the season starts that there's a chance that it might come to an end and it won't be the anticipation in october that we're anticipating
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance. I mean, you can tell owners were scared of a second wave, otherwise you'd have the postseason go through November. Uh, There's a reason they didn't want to play in November. They want to end it, you know, as early as possible. So they'll stick to the regular October schedule. But that's primarily because of fears of a second wave uh, around the country. And then also, I mean, all it takes is one player who's hospitalized or even worse. uh, And, you know, people are going to have second thoughts about whether it's even worth it to have a season. Uh, but fortunately, everyone who's tested positive so far has either not shown symptoms or had mild
2: symptoms. All right, we have Bobby Nightingale covers the Cincinnati Reds for the Enquirer. Good enough to join us here on the Justin Kenner Show. The 57-man 50, uh, player pool uh, roster for the Reds for their preseason camp. Uh, a couple names that were noticeably not on the list featured Hunter Green, of course, and uh, no Derek Dietrich. Now, obviously these names, and maybe not so much Hunter Green, but Derek Dietrich could always be added back at a later time. What's the reason for why they're not on there in your opinion, mainly Derek Dietrich, and why would you bring him back later? What's he doing in the meantime? I guess why would he not be preparing for the season as well?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. It's a it's a confusing decision to me as well because he does have an opt out clause in his contract, so he could you know choose to become a free agent before the season starts. Uh, I think it's July 18th, guys, with an opt out clause can request to be released. So the you know the Reds just chose. I mean basically they're preferring Josh Van Meter over Derek Dietrich and in their infield and some of their other options uh, to play in their infield instead of Dietrich. And, uh, you know, he had a good, he was hurt a little bit at the end of last season. The stats were the stats. I mean, he was, he wasn't what he was at all in the first half. Uh, but this spring, he looked like his power was back. The results in spring training games weren't great, but uh, he, he looked like in batting practice that Derek Dietrich of old and uh, you know, he just looked healthier. And so I, I, I thought he had a legitimate chance to in spring training the original spring training to make the original 26-man roster Uh, so it surprised me that his name was offered
2: uh, this team was fairly healthy coming into the original spring training. Eugenio Suarez was the bigger name that, you know, obviously had that, that accident that, uh, of course, he was, he wasn't sure if he were going to be 100% coming into the season. Obviously, that's not the case now, uh, unless I'm missing something. Are there any behind closed door injuries that the Reds have experienced through this, uh, these coming, or these previous months that the, the Reds are worried about coming into the summer camp that tips off here in a few days?
1: No, everyone says they're healthy. Nick Senzel, Eugenio Suarez, they say they're 100%. Uh, so it will be full speed
2: ahead once everyone uh, arrives for their workouts. All right. And, again, I'm, one thing I'm really pumped about this coming up season, too, I don't know where you fall, Bobby, about the, the DH and, and, where, and what the, you know as far as that's concerned. But uh, when you look at the, the role for the DH in the Cincinnati Reds, who is going to be that primary guy? Or is this going to be like every other David Bell position with this Reds team? He rotates guys in so many different positions all the time that it's tough to tell who's the primary whatever. Who's going to be the primary DH, uh, in your opinion, for the Reds?
1: I think it'll shuffle a little bit just based off lefty-righty matchups, but I think Jesse Winker is a prime candidate. Uh, You know, He's just not a great defender, but he's a great hitter, especially against right-handed pitching. And also Nick Castellanos. He doesn't have a great defensive reputation, but the fact you can get his bat in the lineup... I, I could see Cassianos versus Lefties being the DH and then Linker versus Righties being
2: the DH. Bobby, when do you anticipate the schedule uh, to come out? Uh, I mean, is, should that be something relatively soon, end of the week? Uh, when are, are you hearing when that could potentially come out?
1: It might be another week, unfortunately. It's one of those things where, since, since there's no tickets to sell, uh, you know, MOB can kind of wait a little bit. I mean, the biggest holdup is saying, say, there's an outbreak in Texas and Texas teams can't play at their home parks. So then they have to, you know, then they have to find a new place to play home games. So I think MLB is waiting just a little bit just to see how, you know, if the cases have spiked up in some states just to see if they can remain there or if they have to play somewhere else, then you're able to change the schedule without, you know, it's already been public and then trying to redo the whole thing.
2: All right. Last thing, as we let you go here, Bobby, I appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us for a bit. Uh, you know, we're always sitting here now. We're looking at we know it's the NL Central versus the AL Central, and you know, 10, 10 matchups against uh, NL Central opponents. What, where do you see? I mean, the Reds over uh, the over under on their win total was thirty one and a half. How good is this team? I, I feel like I'm being a homer when I look at the pitching and I look at the bullpen. I look at the the depth in the lineup. I, I keep I think I'm overconfident as far as I'm concerned. Just how confident are you in this unit?
1: I think I think you can be confident in this team. I mean, the offense should be a lot better. I mean, it can't be worse than it was last year. The starting pitching. I mean, they're going to give you a chance to win every day. The bullpen's the one area where I there's a little bit of concern. I mean, it's just it was a they were okay in the bullpen last year. They didn't really upgrade. They added Pedro Strope, but that was really the only addition. And in the sixty game season, I mean, the bullpen any bullpen implosion is going to look terrible. Um, obviously, you know, they had Bryce glaces who lost 12 games last year. It'll be better, but it's one of those things where if, if you knew it was going to be a 60-game season, I, I bet they would have tried to address it a little bit more and added at least another arm for the back end of the bullpen.
2: The trade deadline is still there, obviously, for this shortened season. Does that increase the chances of a Francisco Lindor being traded from Cleveland? And uh, does that increase the urgency for the Reds to try to get a deal done? And that's the last question on that. <laughs>
1: I think if if you could guarantee you'd be able to finish the entire season, I bet they'd consider the option of trading for Lindor. I mean, obviously, they'd love to have him. Obviously, the shortstop is still, you know, if it would be his for the taking if, you want, if they could acquire him. Uh, but your problem is, you know, you, you don't want to trade, you know, a few top prospects, you get Lindor, and then your season's wiped away because of the coronavirus, and then he's a free agent after the 2021 season.
2: About Trevor Bauer is Trevor Bauer a, uh, a piece that I think it's all going to depend on where the Reds are at within the standings at this time? But is he a guy that they're looking to be married to long term, uh, or is this a thing that they're going to wait and see, engage and the gauge the uh, temperature of the room? No pun intended when you get to the deadline. Uh,
1: well, he he said he only wants to sign one year contracts in his career, and you know it's something that he's kind of stuck to. He hasn't really deviated from. So he, I, I think his plan is to reach free agency now if the Reds. We're way out of it. they started one in ten. Not sure they would look to trade him. I just don't know what you'd get back for him, You know, if any teams would have that much interest in a shortened season. Uh, but you know, he's a guy that if, if things go well with the Reds this year, I could see him re-signing. If they don't, you know, he's going to up for grabs to the highest bidder. All
2: right, this will be it. I apologize. I wanted to make sure I get this in media. Is media a lot at these games? If so, will you be will you be covering the Reds at Great American Ballpark?
1: I will be, but we're only allowed to be in the press box, so all our interviews will be over Zoom. Um, You know, even even in preseason workouts, we're only going to be allowed in the press box, so it'll be a little bit different because we'll be, you know, trying to judge bullpens from a thousand yards away uh, (laughs) compared to having a chance to watch them from up close.
2: All right. Well, Bobby Nightingale, good enough to join us. Covers the Cincinnati Reds for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Bobby, thank you so much for taking time and hanging out with us today. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Again, uh, Bobby Nightingale. Again, we'll have that interview up on the website at wingam.com immediately following the show uh, here today. But some interesting stuff there, too, about the DH as far as that's concerned. I don't think it's going to be a set DH every day. I think it's going to be matchup based, as you just heard him talk about, uh, pitching based. But the Francisco Lindor thing, keep an eye on that. Kev, I know you, you, you hate that, but, <laughs> but
0: I he, don't like that. He's man. not,
2: not going to be an Indian moving forward. So it's just one of those things where you know he's going to be on the go. Right. And if you're the, you know, but I'm trying to decide if the shortened season increases the chances of the Indians moving on from him at this deadline, or if it lessens the chances of him. And by lessens, I mean does that scare other teams away from making a move. If you're the Cincinnati Reds, you got to decide, okay, you just spent a ton of money this past offseason. If you pull the trigger on this move and you acquire Francisco Lindor, you got to have a plan for him after. You took a chance on Trevor Bauer last year. Which that trade for last year was not about putting the Reds back in a playoff hunt for the second half of the season. I think that they were looking at that as, hey, if we get Trevor Bauer and and we start making some you know changes and, and we start winning some games and we find ourselves in the playoff hunt in the second half of last year, then great. But that move was made for this year. The problem is, is the season doesn't start to the end of July. Right, sixty games sprint to the finish line. You don't. In service time counts the same. So Trevor Bauer. It's that's why they're going all in this year. If they're in position where they can jump out and take control of the NL Central, I think if you're the Reds, even if it means giving up some key prospects to get Francisco Lindor for what is already a shortened season, just because it's a shortened season doesn't mean that it changes your end goal of winning a World Series. If anything, that makes it easier. You get rid of a couple prospects, you get a Francisco Lindor, maybe you win the NL Central, maybe you go on a deep playoff run, maybe you find yourself in the World Series, to me, it's worth it, even the risk of potentially not being able to re-sign him and losing some key prospects. If I'm the Reds, I pull the trigger on that if they find themselves in a position to do so. Maybe not now, before heading into camp. Right. But let's say, you went, I think the deadline's in August, so let's say that you have a two-game lead in the NL Central. I mean You get that Francisco Lindor, that two-game lead, you can maybe turn that into a four- or five-game lead, which is over with as far as a 60-game schedule is concerned. Do it. They have to do it. Um, I get the risk of, you know, you might lose some key prospects and only get them for the playoff run, but that's why you play a full season to begin with. If I'm the Reds, I could seriously consider it.
0: I think it swings both ways. I think you're right. If the tribe, the Indians, are off to a poor start, I think that increases their chances to dealing. I think it would be a perfect opportunity for them to deal and be like, all right, we're going to go ahead and trade them now, get what we can get, or flee somebody because they're going to, when they trade them, they're going to ask for everything plus the world when they do trade them. But the impact on the team trading a big-time player like that isn't going to be felt as much because it is a short season. And vice versa goes for the team trading for that player. That means they're going all in. And why why wouldn't you go all in on a shortened season? That means, in my eyes, that means you have a better chance of winning it all on a shortened season when you stockpile more talent. So it all depends on how both teams come out the gates. Because if both teams come out the gates good, well, basically, it's really on the Indians because if they come out the gates good, why would you go ahead and give them up now? It's like, well, we're in it just like everybody else, so we might as well just ride it out until the off season because the offseason is going to be here quicker than not. Just ride it out. But if they start out bad, you might as well dump them. And trade them now so next season you have all these prospects to talk about for the upcoming season that you don't have to have that hanger over your head for a full length season next season. So for me, it's all about how the Indians come out the gates. Do they come out firing all cylinders looking like they can make a deep run if they if they do keep them if they don't trade them to the highest bidder if the highest bidder is the red so
2: be it. Well, we've seen the Indians make a tough decision in the past when their team's in contention. They traded Trevor Bauer last year, Mm -hmm. still won 90-plus games, um, still were one of the top teams in baseball, but we'll see what's going to happen. There's nothing normal about this season. 60 games, everything is just going to feel different. The trade deadline will not feel—there's going to be more teams. Like, that's why this trade deadline might be the most entertaining trade deadline of them all, because there's going to be so many more teams in it. Now, that might kill the deadline. Because there's so many teams in it, they might not be as eager to trade away their key pieces. Uh, I don't know if that's going to help or not. You know, there's going to be a lot of players, teams that are going to say, "Man, we need to make a big splash at the deadline." But the splashes are going to be far and few between. Maybe, if because there's a lot more teams in contention, there might be less teams willing to move on from one of their stars because they feel like you just talked about. We have a chance. Let's just take a chance and see what we can do this off season. So it's gonna this. Postseason, I should say. Going to be an interesting um, follow, that's for sure. Hey, Johnny Manziel's in the news. Huh? Johnny Manziel is doing his best Undertaker impersonation. I'll explain when we come back.